bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensa Otterville. To God be the glory, great things He has done. Join us at the Arena of Christ Temple East as we bid farewell to 2023 and welcome our God year, 2024. Get ready to worship, praise, pray, and to experience the power of God through the ministry of Pastor Mensah Otabil. Receive the grace to recover all that which was lost. Recover lost time. Recover lost opportunities. Recover lost resources. You will recover all. Come along with your family. Gather your loved ones. And let's do this together. Don't miss Crossover with Pastor Mensah Otabil at 9 p.m. It's a celebration like no other. And now, today's word. The third strange woman of Christmas is Ruth. Her story is in the book of Ruth, chapters 1 to 4. That's the whole book. And if you take time to read it, you will find something interesting about her. Her story speaks to us about God's acceptance, that God accepts us, that he's able to accept us just as we are, even when nobody wants us around. Ruth was a very interesting character. Most of us associate her with her mother-in-law, Naomi, a man from Bethlehem goes to the, to the city of Moab with his wife, Naomi, and two sons. And the two sons marry from the city of the Asajan. Moab is a place that God had told Israel never to go to because those people did some very terrible things to the Israelites when they were coming out. So they were not a preferred people. But this woman... And the husband, because there was problem in their country, fled to Moab. Their sons married. And over time, Naomi lost her husband. And she lost also the two sons. The two daughters-in-law lived with her to encourage her and comfort her. Eventually, she heard that life was back to normal where she was in Bethlehem. So she was going back. And when she was going back, her two daughters-in-law wanted to follow her. And she said to them, listen, I, I can't produce any sons for them to marry you. I can't help you. There's nothing I can do with you. I appreciate your faithfulness, but go back home, live your life, and get on with your life. One daughter-in-law says, yes, thank you, mom. I'm going back. And she went back. But Ruth says, I have nowhere to go. Where you go is where I'll go. Where you lie is where I'll lie. Your God will be my God. I will die where you die. My life is tied to you. I married your son, but I love you as a person. And I will share your pain, and I will share your bitterness, and I will share your frustration. So she went with this widowed woman, two widowed women. One was an Israelite, the other was from a bad tribe. Eventually, so many things happened. Ruth was brought back 
into the covenant of Israel. So the first thing you note about Ruth is that she belonged to a despised tribe. Despised tribe. So that's what Ruth was. Ruth was from a tribe that Israel didn't fancy. Israel didn't like those people because they treated them bad, bad in history. And they didn't want to have anything to do with it. If you, if you married into that nation, you were ostracized. But she followed her mother-in-law to Israel. That was courage. She had become a widow at a very young age. She was widowed at a young age. She followed her mother-in-law, not knowing how the future would be for her. But she was an extremely loyal and faithful person. And she was rewarded for her loyalty and faithfulness. God rewarded her loyalty. A woman from the wrong tribe, but the right attitude. I think sooner or later you'll get to understand that the difference in human beings is not their tribes. It's their attitude and their heart. And Ruth shows us the tribe can be wrong. Maybe from a tribe you don't like. There are some parents who don't want to hear their son or daughter is marrying from those people. Ah, didn't you see human beings and didn't you see human beings anywhere? <laughs> As if those people are not human beings. If you have that attitude, Ruth must speak to you. It's the heart, it's the attitude. And God rewarded her for her loyalty and faithfulness. And God honored and blessed her with a new marriage. That marriage story between Ruth and Boaz is a romantic epic. If you want to do a romantic novel, go and read the book of Ruth and rewrite it. Because this mother-in-law, Naomi, had been married for a while and knew men. And so gave advice to Ruth as to how to catch the attention of a rich, prosperous, noble man. And she played the game so well and caught the man's attention and later got married very beautifully. But she was in the household of, of faith. She gave birth to Obed, then Jesse, then David. The last strange woman of Christmas is Bathsheba. I know most of you don't want to hear about her. Bathsheba. She tempted the king. Her story is in 2 Samuel chapter 11 and chapter 12. Bathsheba. Young, beautiful girl. Was married to a valiant soldier. Uriah. And uh, as happens to soldiers everywhere, the husband goes on duty. One moment is Lebanon, is East Timor, is Congo DRC. 
or Sierra Leone. So the husband goes on duty and leaves her lonely at home. Soldier marriage can be lonely. And she had a nice way of moving around in town, just whiling away the time. Unknown to her, somebody was watching her movements. Somebody who was the commander-in-chief of the army of Israel. His, her husband was working under him. She was, he was the boss. And he would stand on top of his house. And if you know about those outdoor bathrooms, if your house is tall enough, you can see enough. <laughs> it's like having a six-story building in some of the communities in Accra if your house is that tall you have free view and so David stands on top of the house and begins to survey his kingdom and he will see things saw people having their bath some were old women didn't take a second look (laughs) and all kinds of things but then he takes a look somewhere and sees this woman and he liked what he saw and I'm sure I'm not there but I'm sure the woman also took a side glance and saw the king is looking and so a five minute bath becomes a 30 minute bath And she goes on and on and on. They are playing games. They are flirting with each other. Because they all like the attention they are getting from each other. But she thought it will end that way. Just with a little attention from a king that will boost her self-image and say, after all, the king also looks at me. She didn't see it was going to land her into big trouble. Eventually, it got her husband killed. But Sheba speaks to us about restoration. That God is a God of restoration. She's a strange woman in the family of Christ. She was violated by a powerful king. A man in authority used his power, violated her, literally snatched her from her husband. If it had happened in these days, It will start with sexual harassment. It will be going to sexual abuse. And it will probably become a rape case. But there was no shraj in the days of David. Violated by a powerful king. She lost her husband and her first child. Because when she slept with David, she conceived David went into all kinds of tricks to make the husband take responsibility for what was not his. Eventually, when he saw the husband was not taking advantage of responsibility, he just arranged for the disappearance of the husband. As politicians do sometimes. They don't kill you. They arrange for your disappearance. And God is so displeased with what happened. Really, not with Bathsheba, but with David. Because if anybody should know better, it's David. He's the king. He's the man after God's heart. He's the man who sings and worships God. He knows God. He knows the voice of God. But he brings this woman into calamity. So the first child 
dies. But God has mercy on her and gives her four more children. She was forgiven by God and she was giving new children. And the interesting thing about Bathsheba, when David was about to die and there was conspiracy as to secession, who is going to take over from David? As you know, Absalom had tried to rebel against David, had tried to overthrow him. Then Adonijah tried to take the kingdom by force. And there was all kinds of intrigues and the king's sons were all manipulating the system. It was Bathsheba who spoke to the prophet Nathan and who went to speak to David to name a clear line of succession to keep the kingdom together. If it wasn't for her, after David, everything would have been destroyed. And she was the mother of Solomon, the wise king of Israel, and she secured the throne for Solomon. If it wasn't for her, somebody else would have been king. The history of Israel would have been very different. Isn't it amazing? God allows sometimes great people to come out of dubious backgrounds. People with great potential are born by people with no manifest greatness. People of height are are born by people of commonness. Families with no name give birth to men with great names. Sinful people produce righteous people sometimes. Drunkards produce pastors. Because when God's grace is at work, he does not treat you on the basis of where you are coming from, but where he is taking you. And that is why in the line of Jesus, he brings all these people together to teach us that he is no respecter of persons. Today, you may feel like Tama. I don't know what abominations you've committed in life, but there is cleansing for you. You may feel like Rahab, bad reputation, living alone, but God can make your life useful. You may feel like Ruth, nobody likes you from the wrong tribe, but God will accept you. You may feel like Bathsheba, somebody seduced you and destroyed everything you had, your husband, your child, your reputation, your name, your honor. But God can restore you and cause his redemption to flow through you. So what do these four strange women tell us? They tell us, number one, that in Christ, there is cleansing from our abomination. That in Christ, there is usefulness for our lives. That in Christ, there is acceptance into God's family. That in Christ, there is restoration of our dignity. This morning, Christ can still put your life together again. He can pick up the broken pieces and mend you. He can restore you. He can cleanse you. 
There is no sin that is greater than the grace of God. There is no act that is greater than the grace of God. There is no history that is greater than the grace of God. The history of your life cannot imprison the purpose of God for your life. What God wants to do with you is greater than who gave birth to you. It's greater than who your ancestors are or who they were. Maybe you yourself have placed yourself in this situation. You say, oh God, nothing good can come out of me. I'm sure these women thousands of years ago didn't know one day we'll be talking about them in the way we are talking about them. Because in their day, most of them were disrespected. This morning, I want you to bow down your heads with me for a moment. The Christ of Christmas is here. He saves, he delivers, he washes from sin. You may not be a strange woman, you may be a strange man. You look at your own life, you say, I've done it all. I don't think God will ever forgive me. This morning, you can receive forgiveness. If you are here, you want Jesus Christ into your heart. You want to accept him as your Lord and Savior. If you want him to cleanse you from all your sins, from every abomination. If you want him to restore you. If you want him to accept you. If you want him to make your life useful. If you want to be born again this morning, it's your morning for change. God be the glory, great things he has done. Join us at the Arena of Christ Temple East as we bid farewell to 2023 and welcome our God year, 2024. Get ready to worship, praise, pray, and to experience the power of God through the ministry of Pastor Mensah Otabil. Come along with your family, gather your loved ones, and let's do this together. Don't miss Crossover with Pastor Mensah Otabil at 9 p.m. It's a celebration like no other. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otabil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otabil. Email otabil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233 302 688 000